Uh, so, God made everything in, in the beginning. And he made it all good, and he made it just wonderful and a place for us to rest in and have relationship with God. And it was a great and wonderful place until we were deceived and we decided to sin. We we decided to believe that it was better for us to be God. It was better for us to make the decisions and not to trust what the Lord had said, what God had said. And so we ate of the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and, and we broke that relationship. We, we, we broke that trust that we had with God. And sin entered the world, and it may it brought in shame and guilt and and blaming people and just so much of of the evil that we have today was was caused by that one act. And as we we're continuing through Genesis, we see that that God is raising up a nation, um, and it's He's not taking an existing nation. He took one man, Abraham, out of out of the other nations and, and is starting to work with him and give him a child of promise, which we're, we're getting to. We're almost there. Um, and, and through this line, it's been predicted several times. I think it's six times at this point in time that we've been reading, um, that he's going to make him a great nation in whom the whole world would be blessed through. And, and a lot of the the Old Testament scholars would would say that oh it's the Israelites so us we we're who the world's going to be blessed through but as we we read in uh, other parts of the New Testament is actually through Abraham's eventual descendant his seed which would be Jesus Christ he would be who would bless the world um, and so we're learning about that blessing today and so God gave the rules the commandments in which. To, to point out our sin because without without the rules we think we're doing fine we think we're doing great we're, we're doing the best we can but when we look at God's holy standard it's perfect it's it is it is so perfect that we cannot do it and we although we can even try to do it on the outside and the Pharisees and the Sadducees the the religious leaders of the of the, the of the New Testament were doing it on the outside. They looked good. They looked like they were doing it. Their hearts were still far from God. And so this following the law on the outside, looking good, wasn't enough. God has always wanted our hearts. God has always wanted our relationship, not following rules. And so the law was given not to save us, but to point out how much we needed God as a Savior. Um, because even the, the, the Ten Commandments, you know, you shall have no other gods before me, we all fail at that. We all put other gods in front of, of the one true God. We put our jobs, our bank accounts, our wives, husbands, uh, our children, we, we raise them up in a place of, of, of status in our life where we, we're not walking with the Lord and we, we've turned our back on Him because we're worshiping something else and, and, and God's always going after the Israelites in the Old Testament as the example, like, hey, come back to me. Stop worshiping these other gods. Stop stop worshiping these false idols. Come back to me. Come back to me. And and finally, uh, the time became right, and Jesus was born. And Jesus is God's son. He's God incarnate, God with us on the earth. And for uh, 33 years, he lived on the earth, and he lived a perfect life. He he followed the law completely. He fulfilled the law. He uh, he did everything because that his life had to be perfect so that we might be saved. Because we'll never we'll never be able to meet those standards. 
And so after 33 years, uh, the last three years of his life, he he started his public ministry and he taught people to repent and turn from their sins. He healed the sick. He, he gave to the poor. He, he didn't do anything deserving of death. Uh, indeed, the night before, uh, we went over this on Friday, the, the night before uh, he was crucified, he was washing his disciples' feet. He, he said, do this to others. Serve others in a sacrificial, servant-like way. He said, I am your Lord and your teacher, and you say true, like, I am your Lord, but look what I'm doing. I'm serving you. Go and serve others, is what he says. And that night, uh, he was betrayed by one of the twelve, one of his uh, uh, disciples, and, and he went through these mock trials with the Pharisees and Sadducees and with the uh, Pilate. And, and they found nothing wrong with him. And eventually he was crucified, not because he'd done something wrong, but because he was only doing things that were right. And they nailed uh, his, his, um, his crime above him on the cross when they, when they crucified him, which was Jesus, King of the Jews. <laughs> that was his crime. He was King of the Jews. He claimed to be the, the Son of God, and that, that's really, really what got him... Um, in trouble with the Israelites. So why, why they wanted to kill him because he was making himself as God because he was God incarnate. And then he died three days, three days ago, three nights ago. Um, and for three days, the, the, everyone thought it was over. The, the disciples were starting to go wayward. They were returning to their homes, returning to fishing. They, they hadn't really, heard him when he said, he prophesied, he told the truth about the, the future and said, like, I'll be raised in three days, don't worry about it. I mean, his, he told to them several times, and they didn't understand. Tear this temple down and I'll rebuild it in three days. And and today is that day that we celebrate that life. So, we're going to read through chapter 20, and this is where we are. It's been three days, everyone thinks Jesus is dead, he's gone. So, chapter 20, verse... One, now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So we see Mary and Simon Peter, and uh, the, uh, the other disciple whom Jesus loved is John, the one writing the book. He, he inserts himself very interestingly. And, and they're worried about where his body is. He's dead. They, they buried him in, in, um, Joseph's tomb. And, and, um, Mary was actually bringing spices to, to help anoint his body for after death. Cause they weren't allowed to because of the Passover, um, or the Sabbath. And, and they're like, well, where is he? Someone has moved him. <laughs> like, they're not at all expecting Jesus to be raised from the dead. It's it's just plain. So verse 3. Uh, Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. 
John, and he stooped and he, stooping down and looked in, saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen clothes lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple whom came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. So here we have uh, Peter and John running to the temple, or the the tomb. And so the tomb, uh, for those that don't know what an old Israelite tomb looks like, is, is a cave. They didn't really dig into the ground like uh, the Western culture does. Uh, they would have tunneled into some of these soft uh, sandstone caves, and then they would put a big stone against the um, the entrance that was too big for one or two or three people to move. It was a very heavy stone um, because that was the final resting place. There was no reason to move it. There was no reason to, to, to do anything after, you know, they're dead. Maybe they'll add other people. Sometimes they had family tombs. And stuff like that, but but so the tomb was huge. It had a big stone which couldn't have been moved by anyone inside, or you know a single person from the inside. But but also it was going to take a couple of people from the outside to move it. And so he went in, and it's interesting, verse eight, that uh, John, the other disciple who came to the tomb first, who's faster than Peter, went in also, and he saw and he believed. We're going to get the word believed. Uh, nine times in this section and here's the first time it's being used and here john sees that the body's gone and he believes he suddenly remembers everything that's been happening that he must rise again from the dead and he believes and then they went away these two disciples but mary hangs out she hangs back verse 11 but mary stood outside the tomb weeping as she and as she wept she stooped down and looked into the tomb and she saw two angels because she still thinks that that jesus is dead and that they moved his body. She's weeping. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had laid. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She supposed him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Je- Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is the the word for teacher, which is to say teacher. I think it's Rabboni. Rabboni. Rabboni, I think. All right. All right. Uh, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me. For I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. I'm pause right there. So she's Mary Magdalene's in distress. She's uh, one of the followers of Jesus through his life. Um, And and she just she came in another one of the gospels to to anoint him with with spices to, after his death and so she's looking for his body and she's she's worried about where where they put it and she doesn't realize what has happened she sees the two angels in here it doesn't make any mention that how startling angels are but she's just so wrapped up in grief of where her her Jesus is 
and we see this wonderful word, uh, Raboni, 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 whatever it is. I don't, not a <laughs> Hebrew person. Um, just it doesn't just mean teacher; it means teacher of teachers. So rabbi is a teacher, um, but Raboni is a higher term that means uh, someone that is a teacher of teachers. So he, it's a, a very, very raised up term for him. Aramaic. Aramaic. Mm. Um, do not cling to me for I am not sent to my father um, but he says this wonderful thing but go to my brethren so we have Jesus calling oh, can I do just that no don't do that oh, I'm zoomed in don't do that um, oh, no. we have Jesus calling the other disciples his brethren even though they deserted him they ran away when the time came for him to be arrested they all fled jesus doesn't hold that against them he he if you remember he he prayed for forgiveness for those that were nailing him to the cross he is he is long suffering he is patient he is kind and he still considers the disciples his brethren his brothers and his sisters he says go to my brothers and say to them that i am ascending to my father and your father Meaning that we have the same Father, the Heavenly Father, which is God, and my God and your God. <coughs> um, and Mary went and told them all these things, and it, and you'll, and they they don't necessarily believe her at first. You'll see in the story one of them doesn't believe her, which we're going to focus on today. But but she goes and and proclaims the good news that Jesus is raised again, and and it's inconceivable he's dead jesus died we saw him die on the cross like he was put in the tomb these two men wrapped him and buried him like he is dead what do you mean mary well jesus is going to show up and he's going to show up time and time again for for the next 40 days then the same verse 19 then the same day at evening being the first day of the week which is sunday for our our minds when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when the, they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Um... I'll stop there. So they're they're gathered together. It's Sunday. Uh, they're it was just their practice to gather together to have me meals, and they're also afraid of the Jews because the Jews had just uh, crucified, had killed the the leader of this tiny little uh, messianic Jewish movement that that Jesus was the Messiah, and they were afraid for their lives because they just killed one of them, and and as we'll see, they'll they'll kill some more of them in, in the near future <sighs> and jesus came in and stood among them and said peace be with you and he showed them his hands and and his side where he had been pierced so he'd been nailed to a cross for those that don't know or don't remember he'd been nailed probably through the the wrist as science tells us or hand uh and then through his feet and then he was also pierced in the side to make sure he was dead so he still has those marks in this this new body that he has, and the they they believed, um, 
And so just as, as God sent Jesus to earth to declare the good news, to declare about the, the Father's love and grace and peace, he's also sending us out. Not just those 12, but but us, people that believe in him, people that, that know him, that have the peace from the Father. And he's in, empowering us to go forth. I want to I say real quick, and this, this is very interesting, so peace to you. We can't have real peace without the Lord, without without having God, because he's the one that gives peace, supernatural peace, peace that, that goes beyond understanding uh, from the human mind, because we, we barely have peace now between countries and between neighbors, and, and there's a lot of unrest within us, but what happens when we we know our creator we we have peace with him when we believe in him and and we have that relationship rebuilt we we suddenly know who we are we know why we were created we know what our purpose is and that that causes the 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 war that we have inside about oh i don't know if i should do this or i don't know if i should do that there's this war this uncertainty am i doing the right thing and when we have peace from god he gives us just this understanding, this peace that, that we're right where we need to be doing right exactly what he wants us to. So when we have peace within ourselves, we can then have peace with others because when we're warring and we don't know who we are or why we were created, we're like, well, maybe my neighbor there has what I, I should have. Like, I want that nice car. I want that nice job. I want that nice wife or husband. Uh, I want my kids to act like that. And we have all this warring within us and warring between us and others because we don't really know anything we we think life is random chance we think that things are are for the taking and and when we have peace from god we realize that he has put us exactly where we are supposed to be and given us exactly what we need and so we don't have these wants and these lusts and this pride we can have true peace because we know who we are because we have a relationship with the god that made us here in uh, verse 22 so it's very important I, I love that concept of peace because uh so when i first got married I, I before i got married i remember walking into a room and and seeing girls and and being like maybe she's the one or maybe maybe that's the girl for me and even when i was dating girls that that mindset was always going on like i wanted i i lusted i i i just wasn't at peace but once i got married to my wife i walked into a room i no longer was seeking others i was no longer seeking that uh companionship or that love or maybe this is the girl or maybe you know all these what ifs i had that peace from that marriage that i was with the girl that uh, of my dreams but i was also with the girl that god gave me so i had contentment and it's that contentment that we get from god concerning everything our jobs our places where we live our cars our uh children and it's so important just to build our life on what God has given us and be responsible with which he's given us. All right, going back to this Holy Spirit thing. So here's a, the interesting verse uh, that is the second time Jesus uh, is talking about the Holy Spirit. So uh, six chapters before this, he says that the Holy Spirit... I'm going to send you a comforter of the Holy Spirit. But he also says the Holy Spirit's already with you. So the Holy Spirit's already in the world. 
And the Holy Spirit uh, is, is what we call the third person of the Trinity. It's God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And so we've got the Father is the one that sent Jesus. God, the Son, Jesus, is the one that, that was talking here. And the Holy Spirit's this other person of the Trinity. It's always referred, it's all but one time is referred to as a he. So it's a he. Um, and so he is everywhere in the world, convicting us of sin. Uh, everyone, even the non-believers, know that what they're doing is wrong. It's just that they ignore what is right just to do what they want. And so we, everyone has access to the Holy Spirit. So he's everywhere. And here the second time, this is uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. So this is the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. Uh, this is an amazing thing that they didn't have in the Old Testament that, that is new. That we now have God, the Holy Spirit, living within us. And he'll help guide us and direct us and tell us, oh, 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 don't stop doing that. Or, you know, hey, you need to go share your testimony. You need to go share your faith. You need to, you know, give to this person. Or you need to, to do this thing for them. And we have this positive voice in us that's that's leading us and guiding us and and it's it's not just a positive voice it's not just our 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 inner self it's it's god living in us telling us uh, because we'll also see later on in acts chapter 2 the holy spirit comes upon them so we have the holy spirit in the world convicting us of sin everyone we have the holy spirit when we believe that dwells within us so we have god with us and walking with us but there's a third uh, anointing of the holy spirit where the holy spirit comes upon us like when jesus is baptized we see the the spirit like a dove descends upon him and then in acts chapter 2 we see it come down it looks like a flame and so this this anointing of the holy spirit this third uh, aspect of the holy spirit equips us for the ministry to work um, and so that's when Jesus's ministry starts, and that's when we see these very timid, shy disciples, Peter, or yeah, Peter and John, suddenly are proclaiming the good news, even though they're afraid. They don't care anymore. They're equipped with the Holy Spirit to to be bold in their faith. So, so we have these three different ways that the Holy Spirit comes. He shows them their hands. So, <coughs> one interesting thing about our, our future resurrected bodies, um, because as as believers. Um, we will get a future resurrected body. This is an example of it. And, and it will bury the scars of the world. And and that's a very interesting fact that I, I just have kind of filed away. It's our future resurrected body. What happens to me now might have a, an impact on, on my future resurrected body. So we need to take care of the bodies that we do have. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, verse 23 is kind of odd. Uh, how much time do I have? Um, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. So, we, as we've always been called, we, we forgive. That's what we're supposed to do. And we shouldn't hold things against people. And, and we should be as our Lord is, who forgave people. All sorts of people. We, and when we forgive sins, we're not actually forgiving him their sins. It, they still have their sin, but only God, only Jesus can forgive sins. But but we're not to hold it against them. Now, if people refuse to be forgiven, then we we can't do anything about that. We, we're we called to forgive people. And if they don't want to receive that forgiveness, if they don't want to turn 
and do better, then we can't do anything about it. They retain their sins. They stay in their sin. All right. Uh, now, Thomas, verse 24. Now, Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my fingers in the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. We, he has this terrible name in English called Doubting Thomas because he doubts. And, and, and we, we, it's kind of a, an idiom. It's a, a word we use. You're a Doubting Thomas. You won't believe unless you see or touch or handle. And so much, we, we're the same way. Unless I see the risen Christ, like I'm not going to believe. There's so many people that are like that. And we're about to see the Lord's very gracious to Thomas. Verse 26, after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. And Jesus came, the door being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Here's the word believing again. And Jesus er, and Thomas answers and said to them, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Pause there for a second. So, Jesus is wonderful. If we pray, if we ask him to reveal things to us, he will reveal them to us. But he says, blessed are those that that believe even though they haven't seen yet. Even though they haven't uh, had the opportunity to touch the, the holes where the nails and the spear went. And Thomas makes this wonderful declaration at the end of the, the book of John. My Lord and my God. He's talking to Jesus there. The, the Jehovah Witnesses will like put like a big parenthesis and separate those and say, that My Lord who's in front of me and my God and separate those terms. And that doesn't make any sense in the context we have. We see Thomas declaring to Jesus and everyone around him who Jesus is. He says, My Lord and my God. This is God on earth. That's been teaching and walking with them. And now Thomas believes. And finally the purpose of the book. Why it was written. Verse 30 and 31. And truly Jesus did many signs in the presence of his disciples. Which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe. That Jesus is the Christ. The son of God. And that believing you may have life in his name. So we have. The wonderful reason why John wrote the book, why he's trying to encourage people, because there are other Gospels, there are other times that, that things were written, but John, being the, the last disciple to live, is, is really like putting emphasis like, this is God, this is what he did, and I'm writing these things so that you might believe and have eternal life, so that you may live life more abundantly, not with just what we have down here, but to be a part of that future kingdom um, that is now, that we can be a partakers in and so i love the book of the the gospel of john it's it's a wonderful place to to be and to hang out because uh, he he puts in some very very interesting stories that we don't have in some of the other gospels that that draw more attention to who jesus really was on the earth and we praise him that he went to the cross by his own free will to die for our sins we have so many sins that are held against us that, that there's no way that um, we can atone for them, that we can do so many good works that it'll outweigh the balance of, of sin that we've created because 
even that, even if we made it equal, that doesn't get us into heaven. That doesn't help us be right with God. So instead we need the perfect blood of Jesus because he lived the perfect life applied to us. And the way that we get that perfect blood is we believe and we repent and we declare that Jesus is Lord of our life. Lord God, thank you for this day that you've given us, that you you raised up from the dead, you raised yourself up from the dead, Lord God, that death couldn't keep you down. You are God, you are eternal, and you never stop existing, you never stop being, and you never stop loving us, Lord God. Please, please work on our hearts and help us to remember what you've done for us, the sacrifice that you gave, so that we may turn around and, and sacrifice and love others as you have sacrificed and loved us. God, we praise you for all that you've done and all that you've shown us and all that you've taught. Help us to be believing and not unbelieving, Lord. Help us to, to believe in in the resurrection, Lord, that we will have new bodies in the future and that that's our hope that we this isn't it. This this fallen world, this sinful world we live in is is not it and 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 we praise you for the promises of the, the future. Lord God, just lead us and guide us this week and help us to draw closer to you in relationship and help us to, to learn to love as you loved and walk as you walked. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, I'm going now. I'll leave my screen sharing up. Charles has his hands up. Yeah, um, I got a, a really nice insight uh on this passage um so i guess uh 